If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm joined by Sam Meyer and Evil Genius, and we're going to talk about the Cavs 135-130 double overtime victory against the Indiana Pacers, when which they kind of overcame everything that you could possibly think of to overcome to win that ball game. And you look at it on paper, and you go, you know, Cavs. Uh, shot 70% from under 70% from the line, um, allowed Indy to shoot 46% from the field, almost 40% from three, um, turned the ball over 13 times to Indy's nine times, and yet, uh, and also allowed Paul George to go for 43 in 48 minutes, and yet still won the game. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the game, uh, took my seven-year-old to her first Cavs game, and she was nice. very tired by the end of it. We uh, <laughs> we actually had an opportunity to go on the floor at the end of the game, and we just, we, we knew we couldn't stay for that. Um, <laughs> it, we kind of, uh, we, we went past our minutes count. <laughs> you'd have to get that, you'd have to get like a hotel room or something. Yeah, we were on a minutes restriction, so we, we couldn't stay and, and, and get on the floor, but that kid, the game was wild to say the least. Um, any, uh, you know, just what's your first takeaway, uh, EG? Um, my first takeaway is that I'm glad that they won because it could have easily been a loss and it would have been a particularly, I think discouraging loss if they had because they had a 14 point lead at one point and they, they really after that second quarter really seemed like for a while they had 
Indiana pretty pretty well bottled up, and it seemed like they found a, a few things. They they actually had a. I know it sounds weird to say with with a hundred and allowing one hundred and thirty points, but they actually had a pretty decent defensive game aside from the two guys, you know, Paul George and and, and uh, CJ Miles who went off. But uh, I mean, you were there. I mean, it seemed like Indiana was hitting. They were hitting a lot of tough shots in the first half, and then uh, but the Cavs were really felt like they brought some real defensive uh, effort on in this game. It just you know, it, it just Indiana is is a desperate team in the mix for anywhere between the sixth to to eighth seed and and not making the playoffs right now. And they had lost three coming into the game, so um, you know, quite frankly, it's probably a game that should have been over in regulation, if not for the issues the Cavs had at the line, um, some of the kind of bad turnovers they had in the in the fourth quarter. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look, ultimately I got, I have to say if we're stacking it up against the last week or so, you know, um, it's certainly a better win than, than say, uh, you know, Friday, Friday night's game was against the Sixers, a, a, a vastly depleted Sixers team. So this is at least a team that was in the hunt for the playoffs. that has a legit superstar in Paul George and, um, you know, it was a really good, they were, I think they're the seventh or sixth or seventh best defensive team in the league. So, but definitely in the top half. So it was a really good test. Uh, and I'm glad the Cavs prevailed in. Yeah. Uh, any, any, Sam, any, uh, initial takeaway? Just, well, I, I thought relief. right off the bat. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously. I kept thinking how much nicer it was going to be to talk about all of this if they could actually win. Um, but, I thought right off the bat, just having JR and K-Love back is just such a huge difference. And right off, uh, and they showed that in overtime, but right in the first quarter, you know, the Cavs are always at their best when K-Love is coming out hot, you know, demanding the ball. And he did that right off the bat. Good defense, uh, good rebounding is the big thing. They're just such a better team when Kevin's out there and, it's just so nice to have both of them back after this last month. So, absolutely, um, yeah, and and you know, taking us through the through the stats a little bit, um, Kevin Love, big game, uh, thirty seven minutes and uh, twenty points and twelve rebounds. But the big plays, what did he have? Um, seven points in that second overtime. Yeah, that second overtime was almost like a like it, it was almost like it was like a reset of the first quarter for him because yeah. they actually got the ball into him in the post. And he got started with that little kind of turn, you know, that little jump turn that he's got that yeah. you know that was pretty flawless and mostly because the Pacers had gone small in that second overtime and really the f- part of the first one too, but I think they they benefited from that and and they really kind of got the ball down low to Kevin a couple of times. And then he hit that huge three, which, um, you know, that was, it was great to see him hit a shot like that when in the crunch time, because typically, you know, he has his, he usually has his big, his big scoring outputs in first, first quarters and certainly first halves. And to see him make an impact like that, that late in the game uh, is a really, really positive development. Yep. He actually had nine points in that second overtime. Uh, and he was, he was four for four. Yeah, I, uh, I thought that, you know, 
ever, with all the uh, hoopla over the last month about how bad March was. I mean, I think it's nights like this, like that really, you know, kind of explain why March is so bad. Like this was a close game, but when you have two of your best five players there, you're able to, you know, we're able to win those close games. So this last month, like not having either of them there, like, you know, it's not really shocking what happened over the last month. Like we had a ton of injuries. We still are, you know, trying to get back to full strength. So just nice to see that this team can, you know, win those close games again. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the Nate, you were guy. there. What, what, uh, how did Kevin look to you in person? Um, Kevin, they, he looked great in that overtime. Um, <laughs> did we lose Nate? <laughs> oh, do you hear me? Oh, Kev, sorry. I had you on mute. Uh, Kevin oh. looked great on, in the, in the overtime and he, that second overtime, the first overtime that kind of went away from him, got a little too LeBron and Kyrie and, you know, dribble dominant. Uh, it, it makes you wonder why they go away from the post so much. Um, but, and the, and the other guy that was enormous in the overtimes was J.R. Smith, who, oh, yeah. I mean, the end of the first overtime, uh, he hits a three-pointer with two seconds left, 2.3 seconds left, to put the Cavs up. It should have won. 114-113. And then the big, one of the big highlights was Paul George, who was just insane, had, could not miss in that overtime. Uh, he gets the ball falling out of bounds on the, I guess it would be the left wing. Uh, it, it sure looked like Tristan Thompson blocked that shot. Well, can we go back Go back even yeah. a step before that? The referee on the sideline clearly held up five on his, on his hand. I mean, you go back and watch it again. That Absolutely, they, they exceeded the five seconds to get the ball inbounds. So it, shouldn't have, like, it should never have even gotten to that. Like, it should have been a turnover. Right. So then Paul George catches, shoots a fadeaway two from the left wing, and his foot was just on the line. Uh, Tristan Thompson kind of partially blocks it, maybe gets the hand a tiny bit. but it's I don't know. I, it really didn't look like it, yeah. Right, but that is also a call you will never, ever, ever see at the end of a regulation or overtime, like that borderline. Just just like the call that LeBron didn't get when Paul George basically had one arm in a bear hug. Two on arms that, at the end of regulation. At the end of regulation, and then again at the, at the end of... Uh, yeah. This, the, that, yeah, that first over the, was close to the first overtime, yeah, too. So yeah, so the end of regulation, LeBron had a steal where Paul just clearly hacked him on the arm. Uh, yeah. And then another one where at the end of regulation, the Cavs had a shot to win, and Paul George is basically holding both of LeBron's arms down on a lob. And then there was another steal that Paul George got away with where he went over LeBron's back and hit him in the arm. And yep. yet... George got a touch call on, and then amazingly hit only one of two free throws for a tie game to go, which, which was karma. Cause, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that ball. Ball don't lie. Well, the oh, ball man. rolled around the rim, rim twice and, and then the rim spit that ball out <laughs> yeah. on the first free throw. And we were going nuts. And then, you know, then they went to the, the overtime and that guy's a 90% free throw shooter. So, 
it well, was insane. And I even missed, so I missed the play. So the second overtime, uh, JR hit a big three, Kevin hit a big three, and then LeBron hit a big three. What to put him up six, right? LeBron hit that three to put him up six. Yeah. And yeah. it was all, it was reminiscent, very reminiscent of the three he hit in the playoffs in like, uh, oh nine, uh, to beat Orlando, that game winner. I mean, it looked just oh, like yeah. it, the same fade on yeah. it and everything. <laughs> um, and then I left at that point and I guess Shumpert made a really dumb foul. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Jump, uh, jumped into, um, wasn't that the one where he jumped into CJ Miles? Yeah. As he was shooting three three foul shots. Yeah. (laughs) And the ball almost went in. Could have been a four point play. Wow. But luckily we have Kyrie Irving, who actually is also a 90% free throw shooter. (laughs) Uh, and he may, (laughs) he definitely after a, a five for 20 shooting night, Definitely made up for it at the at the line with eleven for eleven yeah. with a perfect night. So Kyrie Irving, who has only ever missed what one or two free throws in overtime, one, yeah, one, and, ever. and it was this year. Yeah, it was this year. Yeah. Um, I was shocked though. I mean, not shocked. I guess you know. I I knew they they, they probably weren't going to call a foul on Paul George on on either of those because he already had five, and he played almost the entire. He played the entire both overtime periods with five fouls, mm-hmm. so it it was puzzling why LeBron never drove, yeah, never drove at him to try to get him out of the game because at the in the end, I mean, I think I think George had, I mean, the majority of of their twenty six points in overtime. I mean, it was oh, kind yeah. of, um, and, it was kind of unbelievable. And at one point, George had sixteen and LeBron had none. Before that big three at the end, yeah. And, but let let's let's continue to talk about the positive. I mean, defensively, I felt like the Cavs hit a lot, or the Pacers hit a lot of really tough shots, uh, at least early on. Like they were hitting threes right in guys' face, and the defense was was pretty tight, and they were just you know an inch or two of separation hitting threes, and then Paul George going off. I mean, the Cavs were letting him, sh- not letting him shoot mid-rangers, but basically, we're going to deny the three, we're going to deny the paint. If you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with 20-footers, at least in the late in the game and in overtimes, and, and Paul George was, was hitting those. Um, yeah. And for the most part, the Cavs' pick-and-roll defense was pretty good. They did a really, really nice job of forcing Jeff Teague to his left hand and, yep. and kind of bottling that up. And definitely had a scouting report there, but oh, who's their center? Uh, Turner. Oh, Miles Turner. Miles yeah. Turner kind of got going at the end of regulation a little bit, and that's what really helped them come back. And it was it was real funny when they went up fifteen. They really seemed like okay, we got the game won now, and the Pacers clawed right back into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's well. Like, yeah. Go sorry. ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. It seemed like uh, Lou just I. That bench unit got them that 14 point lead about that eight minute mark. And I was like, perfect, you know, put the starters back in and let's put this game away. But geez, he rode them for another two or three minutes. And that was all it took to get the lead, you know, to get rid of the lead. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that too. I was like, he waited way too long to get the starters back in. And 
we, we saw some really good bench minutes from guys. I mean, I really enjoyed what I saw from Channing Fry tonight. He had yeah, he was great. He had two of five from three point line, uh, four of seven from the field, and then. But really, what impressed me was he had six rebounds in traffic uh, in 19 minutes that were much needed and not the kind of rebounds I've seen from him. Yeah. Uh, Somebody said on the thread, like he he looked like a man tonight, and he was and is right. He did. He he looked like a like a guy that you could actually believe could play the play the five yeah. for at least you know five or ten minutes a game. Hey, he should never play more than. 10, 20 minutes for the Cavs. He had 19 tonight. That's perfect minute count for him. Um, the other guy who had a great impact off the bench, Dar- Darren Williams, um, hit some big the shots in yep. the second quarter. He uh, hit three. Will yeah, hit two threes in a row in the second quarter, uh, and finished with he had nine. One just rim, just rim out in the yeah. in the beginning of the fourth too. Yeah, nine point six dimes plus ten off the bench. Um, and, and it's funny, we talk about how poorly we thought Amon Shumpert played at times, yet he was plus 11 in the game. So he led the team in plus minus. Which is crazy. Cause I thought it was a, tr- I thought it was terrible tonight. He, he but, did not yeah, look good. Yeah, plus 11. That was, well, he um, was, he was on the floor for that, that big push in the, in the second quarter too. So yeah. Yeah. The second quarter, I, See, I thought Shumpert had some nice defensive moments. It's just any time he tried to do anything offensively, it was <laughs> disastrous. I mean, he had a couple turnovers. And everybody, like up in my section, everybody was just screaming at him to pass the ball. Yeah. Well, and there were a couple. Of, the couple of shots that he did take were very tentative. He seemed to yeah. seemed to have like lost some confidence in his shot. Yeah, he only had one field goal attempt tonight, like, which is kind of crazy, but. Yeah, I, I know we you, you talk about his dribbling constantly, but every time I watch him dribble, I just think there can't be a more awkward-looking dribbler in the NBA. Yeah, just, I mean, at least not at the guard <laughs> or wing position. Yeah, I mean, Jeez. there's got there's big goofy centers that can't dribble. But yeah, Joe Kim <laughs> Noah looks bad when he when he dribbles a ball too. So like yeah. if Joe Kim Noah was a guard, that's probably what he'd look like. Yeah, exactly. Or JaVale McGee, like that's yep. what I imagined them being as a guard. Yeah, yeah. It, it was not pretty. And then the other guys off the bench, um, Richard Jefferson didn't give him a ton of scoring. Uh, I thought he looked like he was still pretty tentative coming back from the ten to nine. Only eleven minutes had yeah. a, had a board and a, and an assist. Not not really much of an in- impact. And then from the starters, we saw Tristan Thompson uh, played forty three minutes, twelve points, nine boards. Uh, got into it with LeBron at the end of uh, what, the second overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and after George, after Paul George hit that uh, that three to cut it to one, I think. Yeah, and I, I couldn't really tell what happened camera. being live. Um, so you want to take us through it a little bit? Yeah, you know, on the replay, it looked like um, it was LeBron was calling out Tristan. Uh, for the for the switch, but then Tristan gave it right back to him, and they got into a pretty heated argument on the sideline because I think LeBron was you know really trying to make he was trying to make a point, and you could see Tristan Tristan looked like he must have said something like, "Well, dude, <laughs> like that that wasn't my fault, that was your fault," and 
you know, I think LeBron likes to guard likes to guard opposing players when it suits him. But, you know, and, and he was on Paul George a lot tonight, but, you know, certainly there were a lot of switches, you know, where Tristan had to pick him up or Kyrie had to pick him up. And, um, you know, and, and so it, it got heated there for a little bit and it, you know, became a point of, uh, you know, people asked after the game, but then immediately following the game, LeBron had an interview with, with Allie Clifton and, and he publicly apologized for it. You know, he said, hey, that that was on him. You know, he should have he should have done that in, you know, behind closed doors, should never have been out on the court like that. And so he apologized to Tristan and, you know, and it seemed to be fine after that. You know, I think that's one of those issues. If the Cavs lose, it's a much bigger deal than it ended up being. Yeah, that's the ultimate uh, winning is the best deodorant. Um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. uh, Quote, but I mean, yeah, it's hard, and, to, and in, it's hard to say to, to LeBron, like, you gotta do more, dude, when, you know, he scores 41, he's got, what, he's another, oh. his 11th triple double of the year tonight with 16 and boards, 11 assists. Machine. I mean, 16 re- rebounds. He was, oh, yeah. He was crashing the boards hard. <laughs> yeah, and getting a couple of his own misses, even, too, on the, on the offensive glass. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the, I think that's, that's, I think it's, it'll sounds, it sounds weird, but I actually think it's a good thing. I'm glad yeah, well, that there's a fire Tristan, there. You know, they, yeah, they Tristan's care. standing up for himself and is like, look, dude, that's, that's your, you know, it's just as much you as it is me. So, you know, maybe that, that, that's a good thing to have some fire. Maybe that fire will, will, you know, amp them up, especially like you said, since they won the game anyways. Um, right. It would have been hard if they'd have lost, and that would have been. I mean, that would have been a loss. and it would have been a bad look too, uh, based on that, because okay. you know, then the then the narrative is disarray versus, uh, you know, tempers flare, but you know, cohesion prevails. Yeah, and and, and that was, I mean, the Cavs got unbelievably fortunate in a way to win that. I mean, the way that went down at the end of regulation, if uh, if Paul. The other thing that was goofy about that three-second call was there was 2.3 seconds left on the clock. Paul George catches, shoots a fadeaway, and somehow there's it only took 0.2 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it went to 2.1, and I'm like, what? How does that even, like, there's no way you can even get a shot off in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I swear so, the ref just... Uh... Just saw Paul George. He must have missed the entire play and just saw him on on the ground. I don't know how else he could have called a foul. Oh, it was it, it, it was insane. But I mean, Paul George makes that free throw, and it, it's probably a Cavs loss, and we're all apoplectic. But yeah, I mean, but if LeBron <laughs> makes makes one of the six free throws he missed, uh, yeah, the game the Shuba game never before. gets to overtime. Yeah, yeah, and we can talk a little bit about that LeBron free throw stroke, which. I, I compared it in the live thread. It's starting to look like a trebuchet. I mean, <laughs> he brings it over his head on the, you know, in the middle of his body instead of the right side of his body. And it's just mechanically so awkward. And I how think, he hasn't like shortened that up and just, he, yeah. he's got to try something different because it's, it's a disaster right now. I, I think trebuchets are actually a little more accurate than 50% of the time when they want to hit their target. So 
Maybe the, the emotions like it, but the results not the same. Well, I you, mean, you eventually get it dialed in. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, that's the problem because there's no reason he go, if you're going to go to the line twelve times a game, unless you, unless it's a hacker situation. He's a good enough player. He's done it in the past where he's, you know, his career averages for his career is like, I think he's what, 70, 71% for his career, mm-hmm. which is at least respectable. Um, you know, 70, 70% this game, the cab, this game doesn't go to overtime. Yeah. Well, and Tristan Thompson had two huge misses. Um, was it end of regulation or end of overtime when he got fouled and missed them both? I think regulation. Yeah. yeah. And so either one of those probably puts that game away. <laughs> probably. Although Tristan's not the guy. I mean, Tristan, at least you look at it and say, all right, well, he's a career 50%. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he only took four and he made two of them. So, yeah. I mean, it's harder to be tough on yeah. him and expect him. And, and weirdly, like, you know, that, that was a play too, where he got, where, where he got fouled that, you know, he almost it almost went in anyway, so it was almost a you know, a, you know, wouldn't have mattered. But yeah, free throw. I, I right now in the whole season, really, free throws have been an on again, off again issue. Uh, I hope it doesn't wind up being the thing that that becomes an Achilles heel for them in the playoffs. I I think it will cost them at least a game. I mean, <laughs> I can't see how it won't. Uh, when, you know, every possession is magnified in the playoffs. But do they have enough talent? To, you know, and you heard LeBron with his Shaq-like declaration that he's going to make 80% in the playoffs. He said that sometime in the last week, which was bizarre. But all in all, you got to be happy, I think, about the way the game turned out. And as I said, the the happiest thing I was was or the thing that I was happiest about was that Kevin Love and uh, J.R. Smith really played well that game. Um, Kevin Love, uh, 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 of 6 from the line, and then J.R. with a very J.R.-like game, uh, 42 minutes, 18 points, 6 of 11 from 3, and just a couple monster 3. I think he had 1-3 in the first overtime and 1-3 in the second overtime. That were just, I mean, he doesn't hit those. The Cavs don't win the game. So yeah, and a couple well, that of one them. that he hit, yeah, that one that he hit in the first and to send the what was it to send the uh, to put the Cavs up one, yeah, to go to the to go to the second overtime, yeah, to put the Cavs up one before the George bailout call, yeah, that was um, just on, I mean that only only in the left corner, yeah, only J.R. Smith's gonna hit that shot, yeah, that's that's a J.R. special right there, I mean. The guy before Jr. that probably had that kind of, I mean, there's probably two or three guys in the league that can hit that shot. It's probably Jr., Clay Thompson, and, you know, maybe KD. <laughs> That's probably the list. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it was awesome. So, yep. clearly the best game Jr. Smith and probably Kevin Love have played since coming back from their injuries. I noticed Jr. was was in much better defensive position tonight too on the yeah. defensive rotations. Like he he was the most guilty of getting beat on back cuts um, by his man uh, the last couple of games, and that didn't happen tonight. I think. Yeah. They, and to your point earlier, there was really only one or two uh, 
like pick and roll breakdowns where the roll man was completely, you know, uncontested going to the rim. And uh, that's a, you know, that in itself is a, a giant improvement over the last few games. Now, I will say for Indy, um, and especially in the first half, CJ Miles was a terror tonight. Uh, Twenty. My man would shoot like that when he was a Cav. He did shoot like that when he was a Cav. No, he did No, he yeah, did He has the I record refuse for to believe that. He had a I game where he had 11 threes. It. The problem is, you remember the old stat on him was his free throw percentage when the difference in score was like nine points or more was like 50-something. And then when the score was close, it was like in the 20s. Yeah. But he had a great game. I mean, you can't take it away from him. Well, he had a great... He had a great, like, regulation game, but I don't think yeah. he took a shot in overtime, did he? I think he took one shot. I think shot. he made, yeah, and then the three free throws at the end. <laughs> yeah, I, big free throws. But, yeah, he, he was killing the Cavs, especially in the first half. And Kyrie was killing them uh, with his shot selection in the oh opposite direction. Just fit 5 of 20 on the night, and he was... Before he started feeding Tristan Thompson for the lobs and the, the plays inside, he was really, really struggling. He was going, he was taking a lot of hero ball shots. Yeah, I'm usually a uh, Kyrie apologist. Like, I, for the most part, I love his game, but I, this, this season, the second half of the season's been as frustrating for me as anything else because there was that stretch at the end of December and beginning of January where he had, 10 assists in like eight of 10 games or something like that. And the offense looks so good when he comes out looking to pass and he had a hamstring problem or something that he sat on a few games. It just hasn't gotten back to that point. And I, I don't know what it is, but when he's going out, coming out and looking to pass, the offense is just on a completely different level. I can't argue yeah. with you. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. Uh, and the other, so the other big takeaway from tonight, uh, and I'm sure it's going to come up, Cavs, uh, James with 52 minutes, Thompson 43, Irving 46, J.R. Smith 42, and Kevin Love 37. Uh, as I, I'm trying to remember the commenter who always makes fun of the fact that, you know, he always says, well, you're not allowed to substitute in overtime. I think it's the other Jason, but, um, it, why don't they ever substitute in overtime like for a minute or two? Is they just don't want to lose the momentum? They think it's a possession game, so you know you can rest. I mean, what do you think? You guys have any idea for the motivation behind just running guys into the ground in overtime? Well, I I think Ty Lu. If you told him you were allowed to substitute, he probably would look at you like you were crazy. I mean, <laughs> I don't think the thought even crosses his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and what um, was the quote from earlier this year about not bringing somebody in? Well, he'd sat for so long, I, I, I oh, thought he'd yeah, be cold. Oh, yeah, that was the <laughs> Shepard Corber thing. Yeah. yeah. No, look, here's the thing. I think Ty Lue... There's a, it's a, it's sort of a, a joint effect here because I think Ty Lue on some level is a, he's afraid to take anybody out because I don't think he wants anybody second guessing. I think he'd rather have people second guess that he why he didn't play guys more guys off the bench and play the starters too many minutes than people second guess him and say well why did you why didn't you put LeBron back in or Kyrie back in and you lost the game 
You know what I mean? Like that, he'd rather answer that question than, you know, than, than the latter question. And I think no one's taking LeBron out of a game where he's basically going mano a mano with a, a star like Paul, Paul George. I mean, clearly they were, you know, they were in a, a, a pretty big game of whatever you can do, I can do better. And, you know, LeBron had the edge in the fourth quarter because he kind of went nuts. He scored, I think he scored 13 straight points for the Cavs in the fourth quarter. And then he was clearly tired and Paul George absolutely, you know, lit, lit him and the Cavs up in the, in the overtimes. And I think, you, you know, as you said, he had 16, he outscored LeBron 16 to nothing at one point until LeBron hit the, that big three. Yeah. So, and thank God you know, for, it, for Kevin Love and J.R. Smith yeah. in those overtimes. So, well, and, and as much as we want to, you know, as much as we, we can bag on Lou or whatever, and if we're playing guys too many minutes, whether it was his call, I mean, I would assume it was his call to go back down low and into the post to Kevin Love in that second overtime. And that's really what got them over the hump. Yeah. You know, and, and it freed up, it freed them up, you know, it, it made them pay more attention to Kevin down there. It probably freed up JR for that, that big three. And then Kevin hit a three and then LeBron hit a three. So, you know, for sure, the, there was a there was a noticeable change. They were moving the ball again in the second overtime, which they had stopped doing towards the end of the fourth quarter and, and into the first overtime. Um, you know, and uh, and Kyrie was noticeably moving the ball better. You know, in in uh, in the overtimes too. So, you know, you look at that and say, well, you hate to see the the massive minutes, and I'm sure that'll have an impact on. What ha- what's coming this week because there's another one more back-to-back happening on Tuesday and Wednesday and the second half of that, well, which we'll talk about, is probably maybe the biggest game of April. Um, well, shouldn't say that because the playoffs actually start in April. But yeah, well, certainly the biggest the, game of the regular the last, season possibly. Yeah, the last big game of the regular season. So, yeah. And What do you think? I mean, what's your opinion, I mean, do you – I know. I, I mean, look, I'm with you on. I wouldn't have minded seeing DeAndre Liggins for a few minutes to cool down CJ Miles potentially, or you know, get or Derek Williams getting some run to you know maybe get get LeBron maybe get LeBron down to 48 minutes tonight instead of 52. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? I, I, don't, you... A, I don't think Lou trusts uh, D. Which one's D will one and which one's D will two? And anyway, well, he will. Well, again, Derek Derek was here first, so he had sort of the D will one, you know, and then and then D Darren Darren yeah, came he, after. Darren, but, Darren Williams was in the league first, so right. And he I've heard and Derek D Williams already D-Will said he let him have the D will. He let him have the D will. I usually just call him, you know, enchilada and. I think I, I, I know you were calling calling him Pudge, but he seems to be in better shape now. Then maybe after tonight we can start calling him Three Will. I, he he he's still a little pudgy, but he, he's he's trimming down a little bit. Uh, he's in much better shape than he was. Oh yeah, and he was he was not in good shape at all. And and the nine and six tonight was nice, and he fed LeBron for some real nice buckets. Uh, he That's and LeBron really good pick all action. Tonight. Yeah, that pocket pass one where he hit. LeBron had some nice dunks tonight. I mean, as well as did Tristan. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. No, he had five of them, and then yeah, you're right. Tristan had that one putback on the, gar- oh, the yeah. garbage 
Kyrie bucket. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was another big bucket, uh, and that was in the first overtime, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Some some big buckets tonight. Uh. From from a lot of different guys, but uh. I I don't know. I think the minutes are gonna come back to haunt them a little bit. Because uh, they only have one night off, and they are going while well, they play the Magic, and then they go on the road for the second end of the back to the back uh, to Boston. I I almost wonder if you'll see a lot of bench guys get run against the Magic, and then uh, you will see more mainline guys against the Celtics. But I don't know. We'll see. What yeah, happens. I was just. Uh... Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking, like, I it wouldn't shock me if they decide to sit at least one of the big three against Boston. Like, I just think this team just doesn't care about their playoff seating at all. Yeah, and I almost you, wonder if, like, you just go, you just don't even give Boston a look. Like, don't even give them the yeah, confidence. Sure. Like, we're going to sit all three guys, and, okay, you can have your win. You can have your regular season. I'm sure that'll make ESPN happy. I, I, they don't want to get fined again, or or not again, but fined for. They don't want to the- get a not a stern talking to, but a silver talking to. Yeah, right. you see I'd what say I did there. It's like <laughs> I'd say Caleb's like a fifty-fifty for that night, like conservatively. Yeah. Like he's the one. If anyone's going to be sitting that night, it'll probably be him. Yeah. Well, especially if Kelly Olynyk's out there. Yeah, keep that yeah. guy away from him. I the arm tugger. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Boston, look, Boston's a that's going to be a tough game. I don't game. put anything past yeah. them. So it's going to be a tough game under any circumstances. But you know that Boston will be amped up for it. Yeah, uh, Boston it'll, wants it'll it. be on their floor. And yeah, it's it's look, it, it's the the quite frankly, I'm more concerned. I hope they can beat both. I, if they can take both of the Atlanta games, they could effectively knock Atlanta down to the to the uh, seven spot and uh, maybe wind up, maybe wind up playing them in the first round, which right now they look like the like the easiest, the easiest opponent after they lost to Brooklyn tonight for the, for a first round. Series. Yeah. They're, they are two and eight in their last 10 and, and just a game over 500. Whereas this game uh, may have knocked, well, probably didn't knock them out, but, I mean, the bottom of the East is is nuts. You've got the Heat and the Pacers now, both at 37 and 40, with the Heat owning the tiebreaker. Uh, you've got the Bulls uh, in the seventh spot at 38 and 39, so just a game ahead of that. And then a game ahead of that, or a game and a half ahead of that, you've got the Hawks, which they'll probably make it, but they could drop right out of the playoff race. You know, if they're... Yeah. If they're too in danger of falling out, you might want to let them win one. <laughs> because <laughs> of all those teams, you know, the Bucks, the Hawks, the Bulls, the Heat, the Pacers, uh, and I guess the Hornets still have an outside shot, but the Pistons are effectively out of it, I would say. Um, yeah, two I, games out. play the Hawks than any of those teams. Yeah. yeah. As long as we don't see the Bulls on TNT, oh, yeah. I'll take anyone else. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and and yeah, we can go back and talk about the the last week. Um, definitely a roller coaster of the week. Uh, you know, last Friday we had the, the Hornets win, 
and then a, a kind of a gut wrenching loss against the Wizards, uh, where the Wizards kind of ran away with it at the end of the end of the fourth, and then just a shellacking at the hands of the Spurs, where the Cavs kind of failed to compete, and then the next night against the Bulls, or I'm sorry, two nights later against the Bulls, uh, the Cavs just looked horrible. Uh, well, they and, played one good half. They yeah. played a they played a good first half defensively, and then yeah. they fell apart in the third quarter. M- much like they did against the Wizards in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, and then so fortunately against the Sixers Friday, who are running basically a glorified D League team right now uh, with all their injuries, uh, the Cavs the Cavs got healthy a little bit and uh, went up one zero. 122-105, but for most of the game, the score was, you know, in the mid-20s up to, I think, at least 30 at one point. So yeah. it, it was, <laughs> they needed that, and looked like they had the Pacers put away early tonight and then did not, but ended ended up winning a tough one. I, I think ultimately, hope, hopefully there's some galvanation from the uh, Pacers win here, but uh, what I mean, what do you see? Six games, seven games left in the regular season. What What do you think they go, E.G.? Well, I mean, just looking at those games, I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on what they do over the next two. Like, if they decide, whatever their strategy is, if they decide to rest guys in the Orlando game and give that up, or at least you know not play guys extended minutes. And then save it for the for the Boston game. Um, I guess there's six not, games. I'm sorry, I counted wrong. But. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I would expect them to probably finish up. I think they'll probably wind up three and three, four and two. Um, I, I think I think once they get once they get past the Boston game, it's really just about looking at at who you want your first round opponent to be and. Because they've got games pretty much only against, you know, the, two against the Hawks, one against the Raptors, which is the last game of the season, and one against um, uh, the, Heat. the Heat, right? So I think for them, they, they'd probably like to beat the Heat no matter what, just be, after those last two losses. But, you know, I think a lot will depend on on what their strategy is going into this these next two games. And, and if whether- it's... I, I think the it will it will be rest versus where they want to end up. That um, seems in right. the, in the second yeah. to last game. You know, I do I expect them to want to assert themselves that much against the Heat in Miami? I'm, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I think more than their first round opponent, it might come down to who they want to face in the second round. Like yeah, I mean, do you want to see Toronto? In the second round, or do you want to see the Wizards? I mean, I if pick, it's me, pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, if it's me, I'd much rather take my chances with the Wizards. I don't know. There's just something about the Raptors. They're uh, really. I flying, feel the opposite. Really, I think they've been flying under the radar the entire year. And yeah. uh, I mean, I just, I mean, if you're lining up their two best players, I mean, are you taking Lowry and DeRozan or Wall and Beal? Because Lowry and DeRozan scare me more than Wall and Beal. See, and to the rest me, of Wall and Beal scare me more. Oh, yeah? 
I think it's going to depend on how well Lowry can come back from the wrist injury. That's true. Because if Lowry can come back from the wrist injury, I would agree with you because the pieces they added are starting to pay dividends. And the truth is this team's what they're eight and two over the last 10. They've Mm -hmm. done really well with Lowry gone. They've got the best point differential in the East at 4.3. They can score. And DeRozan is always in my mind limited because he can't hit threes, but if they get a healthy Lowry back, I don't disagree that they're probably the most they're the deepest, most talented team after the Cavs in the East. Um, uh, you know, so I think they would they would wind up being a, a a real test. And yeah, I mean, it looks like they're gonna. I would say, barring something unforeseen, they'll they probably wind up with the three C. Right. So. Yeah. It, it, Which is the only reason why I, I think, yeah, you're right. Like the Cavs may want to prioritize trying to get that one seat back, in which case they really can't take any games off. Right. Yeah. Right. And the other nice thing about that is you end up um, hitting, hitting two of those teams against each other in the second round. But yeah. yeah, I mean, e- either way you slice it, it's going to be a tough second round opponent. Right. Honestly, out of the out of the three teams, other than the Cavs, of the top four, like Boston is the team that scares me the least out of those three, and I don't think it's even close. Oh yeah, I I would agree with you. And then the other, but the other funny thing is, is like I could see the Heat beating Boston. I I think that whoever the Heat plays in the first round are getting a tough opponent. Um, One of the hotter teams since the All-Star break, if they can come into the playoffs healthy, they're they're a tough matchup for anybody between the way Waiters and Dragic and uh, Hassan (laughs) Whiteslater are all playing. Um, I was going to say, they have the ultimate trump card in the Waiters. I mean... (laughs) Yeah. Men lie, women well, lie, buckets don't. So. Yeah. But they, I mean, look, Spolstra's showing that he was, it's no, it's, it wasn't just about the big three when they were there. Spolstra yeah. is, is definitely a, a coach who understands the, how to, how to get the most out of, out of players. I mean, he, you know, he, he's probably, he's got to be at least in, you know, in, in the top two for coach of the year and, and, I, I would say probably right up there with D'Antoni with the job he's done in Houston. So um, to be able to get that kind of that kind of uh, performances out of basically, I think there's like eight guys on his roster that that you know spent time in the D League. So yeah. um, you know, I mean, he's getting great performances out of guys like Rodney Magruder and Luke Babbitt, and he's you know he's got the kind of the the super subs and in the, the Johnsons, uh, Tyler and, and James. So, you know, they, you know, and they've got guys that can shoot the ball, like, uh, like Wayne Ellington and waiters has had a transcendent kind of year. So uh, I would, I would agree. I think Miami's a really dangerous team, but as, as far as the Cavs go, like, so are the bulls. I mean, they yeah. haven't beat the bulls this year inexplicably. And you got, I think they're saying that Wade would be back for the playoffs if, uh, 
you know, when they make it. So it seems like they will. And the Heat are no guarantee. I mean, they lost two straight at home, uh, the Knicks and the Nuggets. And that may have, you know, and you can't lose to the Knicks at home when you are trying to make the final, you know, trying to make the playoffs. And the rest of their teams, you know, they got uh, Charlotte, Toronto, DC, the Cavs, and then uh, the Wizards again. That is that's not an easy stretch. And yeah. then, you know, you look at uh, who do the Pacers have left? I'll tell you. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna pull it up too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's there. There are no, there are no easy games uh, left. Yeah, they've for, got, they've got Orlando and Philadelphia though. Yeah. So the. The Pacers may, um, just by virtue of schedule, still have a better shot at the playoffs. I mean, they got the Bucks, Orlando, the Sixers. Well, uh, although they've now lost, they've now lost six of their last seven. So. Yeah. But you look at six of their last seven. Not all of them are against. You know, most of those are against solid teams. The only. The only real stinker in there is, you know, they lost a one-point game to the T-Wolves and they lost a one-point game to, or I, they, and they lost to the Nuggets. But the Nuggets are no slouch, as we know, you know. Yeah. Even yeah. though, even though they are without the Joker, or not without yeah. the Joker, um, Portland is without uh, Jokic. So. No, Ner- Nurkic. Nurkic. Sorry. Yeah. Nurkic broke his leg. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. What's with big guys breaking their legs this year? Crazy. Um, and the the Mavericks got finally got uh, eliminated tonight. And the Pelicans are next. Yeah, and and Denver still has an outside shot. Um, they're two games out. Yeah, they won tonight. But yeah, they're two games. That, that's a fun playoff race out west. Um, you know, you got Portland and Denver battling for that last spot, and then Memphis is a seventh seed and. You know Memphis in the East, they might they might be a uh, they might be a top four seed. I mean, the the West it won't be like last year where you will have you know three teams with losing records at the bottom of the playoffs. Uh, the West is a lot tougher this year uh, from top to bottom. So it, it's going to be a fun playoffs. I'm I'm looking yeah. looking forward to it. And whoever the Cavs play in the first round. It isn't is gonna isn't gonna be a slouch. I mean, Milwaukee climbed them their way up to the five seed. You got Atlanta, you know, dropping like a rock. But you got the Bulls suddenly hot, and I think the most dangerous, like you said, the most dangerous team of that group might be the Bulls, and simply from the fact that I think they have the best player right now, uh, with the way yeah. Jimmy Butler's playing. Yeah, he scored thirty nine tonight. Yeah, but but the Celtics didn't want to trade for him, so. <laughs> Or Paul George. Or Paul George. Oh my gosh! Yeah, either Paul one George of those guys on... would have helped transform that team, I think. But hey, I, I'm I'm happy they're gonna wait and and be great in five six years, supposedly. So, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, so you know, moving on. Any any stuff on the weekend the review? Do you guys think the Cavs have turned the corner finally? I uh. I just think it's, you know, looking back to the preseason, I remember, you know, everyone talking about, you know, 
this, the regular season doesn't mean anything. Like the Cavs could go into the playoffs as the eighth seed and it wouldn't matter because they're still, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. And it's just funny how once you're in the season, you know, and, and they have these streaks where they start losing games and you no, know, they're still the second seed. Like how all of a sudden, you know, it's panic and doom and gloom for the Cavaliers. Like, you know, I, I, I might still be a, an optimist, but you know, I just can't get too, you know, too excited about them going through these rough, rough streaks. Cause I think the second you put them in the playoffs, just a completely different team. Or at least that's what I've talked myself into. <laughs> EG, have they turned the corner? I don't know if they turned the corner. I mean, they've taken steps in the right direction. I mean, you know, looking back a week and I mean, I got to believe that was one of the low points getting just absolutely dis- destroyed by or dismantled by the by the Spurs. Um, you know, that was a that was a. If that wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. Um, and then you know, in and, the and, second half against the Bulls, yeah. Yeah, and I think they got, you know, I think they, they took a step against the Bulls where they, they really had a strong first half and they held the Bulls to like 140% shooting and, you know, and, and I mean, look, it's the Bulls. They don't shoot that well outside of uh, Miritich anyways and Butler sometimes. But, um, you know, in the second half, they it's almost like they, they – they were like, okay, and they literally rested on the fact that that they had a good, finally had a good half of of defense, and you know, bef- before they could react, they gave up a coughed up a thirty seven point quarter, um, you know, and then I don't put a whole lot of stock in the the Philly win. I'm glad they they won and won in convincing fashion against a team that's basically, you know, the Canton Charge could potentially give a game give a game to. Um, <laughs> You know, but they looked good. They got some chemistry back. They they clearly were running some plays. They were they were hustling on defense. They weren't allowing wide open shots, and and that was good to see. And they were working guys back in. And then yeah, tonight was a good test. Uh, I would have liked it better if they could have wrapped it up in regulation after being up by fourteen and. You know, made some, made a few more free throws and, and not turn the ball over a couple of times and, you know, probably not had to give themselves quite such a taxing night, uh, time wise. But, um, but yeah, I think it's all cumulative, cumulative. And I think it, again, I think if they decide to play everybody against Orlando or at least, you know, start everybody and then see how it goes, I think they should continue on and and finish the finish the home stand strong um you know we, we're still going to be faced with the fact that this might be the first Cavs team in a first lebron led Cavs team to have a losing road record um because they're at 500 right now on the road at 19 and 19 and if they don't care about seeding then that boston game could be a loss and you know, then they've got a, I think two or three more, but but those are all, you know, those are all games that are probably meaningless if you decide to give up on the on the number one seed. So, quite true. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping they turned a corner. I'm hoping that I I I would love to see them finish at least four and two going down the stretch. Uh, I'd like to see him finish even better than that, but we all know that health uh, probably trumps everything. And 
I'm just really interested to see how the you know the playoffs matchups shape up, and then beyond that, um, I'm I'm interested to see what's what's going on out west too. I mean, meanwhile, as all this is happening, Golden State without Kevin Durant uh, has just rattled off 11 straight, um, looking like they're playing fantastic ball right now. Uh, you know, you got the Spurs, yeah. uh, only three and a half games behind them. Uh, and then you've got some great matchups out West. I mean, the Rockets are probably going to play OKC in the, uh, in the first round. Uh, although Memphis could possibly climb up a, a spot. Uh, that's going to be a great matchup. That Jazz Clippers matchup is going to be fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the playoffs finally getting here. Yeah. I, this to me has been the longest regular season I can oh, ever remember. Wow. <laughs> well, because it, we've never had a, a season where the team is where our team has won the whole thing, you know. And and no, as and as, as Cleveland sports fans, that has never yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, in fifty four. So we years, didn't know what so. to expect. But I'm with you. I, I feel like this has been it's been a grind. It's been a a long long season and i mean i thought it was long last season when they fired the head coach halfway through and for some reason that this one this this one seems longer and uh i i'm with you i i can't wait for the playoffs um i actually think you know no matter what it, it might be a really good thing that that the first round opponent won't be a slouch because you know it, it'll it'll put them in that mode of like all right we're every game is going to be a battle and we're going to have to be ready and um you know and and so by the time they they if they can get back to the finals again they'll be well tested by that point so yeah i i would agree with that (laughs) hopefully they just won't be drop dead tired (laughs) well hopefully there are not too many 52 minute nights in uh in LeBron James or anyone else is on the Cavs future. So, um, anything else you guys want to talk about? I, I can't, anything going on around the league or anything, uh, catching your eye with the Cavs or any other team? Sam? Well, just mentioning that, uh, potential Rockets Thunder, uh, first round matchup. I'm, uh, now I just really hope that. Harden wins the MVP because we might see. Oh yeah, we haven't we haven't talked MVP race in like the last, you know, two hours <laughs> in, in terms of NBA talk. So we got to talk about it again. Yeah, we can't do that. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah I, go uh, on. Sorry. If uh, you know, as much as you know, Westbrook has been on a tear this year, and I, I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan ever, but you know, you can't you can't help but like give it up to him for this season. If Harden gets the MVP, we might just see, you know, a, a nuclear bomb, you know, encased in a human being for for seven games or however, however many games that series. Well, the would interesting go. thing is, is when do they announce the MVP? Because I don't think they do it till like the second round. Is that correct? When do they announce? They, they usually present the trophy during the second round. Yeah, but so I can't remember the question what they is, is, will it leak before 
because the voting is before the end, after the end of the regular season, but before the playoffs, I, I believe. But they don't re- release it until the second round. So if it leaks, that's a big deal. But they may not know during during the first round when they're playing. Yeah, that's true. Should be interesting. <laughs> uh, and the other side of that being is I just don't think there's any way that Oklahoma City team can even hang with Houston because no. there's no. such a bad team they put around him. There's just not nearly enough shooting and not nearly enough competent wings that they they put with him. Uh, yeah. Well, they I gotta, but they lost to Charlotte tonight by twelve. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, did you have NBA TV on mute in the background as well? No, no, I was just <laughs> looking at the box score. No, um, like literally, that was the game they were showing highlights from. So yeah, I mean, but like Westbrook, Westbrook scored forty and had his triple double with thirteen and ten. It was his fortieth on the season. He's one away from tying, uh, you know, Oscar Robertson's record, and. You know, but nobody else had. There were two other guys that scored in double figures. Yeah, Roberson had twelve, and Oladipo had nineteen, and nobody else scored scored even ten. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just that's that team. They 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 have very yeah, has very little around him, and Westbrook took thirty one shots. To put that in perspective, Paul George took thirty three, and LeBron took twenty nine, and they both played double overtime. So. Right. Paul George took 16 threes tonight, which is an insane <laughs> number, uh, and made six of them. So, yeah, yeah, it was, but, yeah. But on the Westbrook thing, I'm going to go see. Uh, I'm taking my son on a college tour to Arizona State uh, next weekend. So next Friday night, uh, or this coming coming Friday night, we're going to go see the uh, the. Suns game against the against OKC. So he's got two games between now and then. So we're hoping that he he hits the triple double in one of them, and then we get to see him break the record. Oh, nice, nice party school. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's that's the, something no Walter, parent wants to hear, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's the no. I know it. I know it, but it's the Walter Cronkite um, communication school there too. So oh, okay. it's cool. sort of like the he he wants to get into sports broadcasting, so. You know, I, I, I'm Why? trying to be the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, because I think he, I think because he he wants to have less NBA players doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't want any more players only nights. Yeah, man, that's bad. <laughs> I hope they. That's something I hope they get rid of next year. Uh, well, and I know why they do it because they have these nights that they have all the guys doing the tournament games. Um, but oh Lord. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it, it's been rough. I mean, I'd much rather watch Area Twenty One for for two hours than than that. So, <laughs> although Area Twenty One is, I I don't understand what Kevin Garnett is talking about half the time, but it is entertaining. I'm not sure Kevin Garnett understands what he's talking about half the time. <laughs> yeah, and my wife is the best. She goes, "Holy cow, dial it down!" I'm like, "You don't even realize that is Kevin Durant or Kevin." Uh, Garnett dialed down, you know. Yeah, I, I've heard that in real life. He is like that to the nth degree. So uh, he was always I, very I'm glad he's still around the sure. association. So, what were you saying? 
he was always very intense when he played, for sure. Oh so. yeah, I mean, probably one of the most intense players ever. So I, I was half hoping that uh, Tyron Lue could could talk him into be coming back and being the twelfth man, but I think he would have got pissed and quit when they tried to start him uh, when when Love was hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like they did <laughs> Channing Fry. So, um, yeah. So Windhorse just posted a an article about LeBron apologizing to Tristan for the for yelling at him in the huddle. <laughs> uh, something there. something else that's been going on this week is I think Kyrie Irving has gotten like a mean streak running on right now, and I kind of kind of think that adds a good element to the team. He uh, After that flagrant foul the other night, I thought yeah. that was the most significant thing to come out of that game. And then he didn't play well tonight, but I guess he didn't even talk to reporters, and he was jawing with a couple of guys during the game. I, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, then, somebody's got to have attitude, right? I mean, there's absolutely. just... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Monday we got a national championship game. So I, I did not get to watch the North Carolina-Oregon game, but I watched the Zag-South Carolina, and that was a fantastic game. And just from the score, uh, the uh, UNC-Oregon looks like it was fantastic. Did you either guys get to watch that? Yeah, I saw it. Good? Yeah, yeah it, was, I, it was a really good game. And Oregon should have had a, a shot at the end, but they uh, – couldn't secure a rebound off a missed free throw. Yeah, so yeah, what, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, for the final. That's I've I've been a Zags fan for years and years and years, so I'm hoping they can pull it off. Yeah, I've hated them ever since Kelly Olynyk was there. So, <laughs> see, I <laughs> I loved Kelly Olynyk coming out of college. He made me hate him with his hair, and he hate, hate him even more with the arm bar. So. <laughs> Well, they've they've got another quintessential weird white guy on their team again this year, so it's yeah, got to be good luck that? for them or something. Oh yeah, that big, the big tall, goofy yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, who like blocks everything. That Paul Bunyan looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Polish, I think. Is he Polish his or dad, Russian? I think he's Polish because oh, okay. they 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 were interviewing his dad, and his dad was very upset when he got hit in the face. Um, <laughs> He got but, uh, yeah, he yeah. got hit in the eye and had to like leave at the end of the first half and then he came back and helped him win. But, uh, I mean, look, I, I'm all for the excitement of that, but I'm, I'm much more excited about the beginning of baseball season. Uh, oh yeah. Opening day, opening, tomorrow? opening day was, well, opening, opening day for three, three games was tonight, mm-hmm. uh, or today. And then, yeah, the opening day for the Indians is tomorrow with, uh, Corey Kluber, uh, throwing the ball out and, most people are picking the Indians, so that's a sure, usually a surefire way for them to finish fourth. But, um, but let's hope. You know, I think this this team's a little different this year. So, yeah, and yeah, it should it should be a fun season uh, both ways. They're at Texas, okay, tomorrow. So, yep. And yeah, I'm glad you yeah, said something they're, because and I then get, they're going. I get to uh, dress down tomorrow for opening day. So, oh, nice. Yeah, then they're going to. Um, then they're gonna go. They go from Texas to Arizona, which is the other thing we're we're doing over the over the weekend. And aside from the college tour, we're gonna go see a couple of tribe games and nice. uh, at Chase, Chase Field. So nice, yeah, very cool. Well, Big sports any, week. Any? Yeah, it, it's gonna be a good sports week. 
Uh, any parting thoughts? Anything you want to pitch? Anything uh, striking your fancy? Uh, Sam? Um, not too much on my end. It's nice hey, to talk you. to the Cavs fans. <laughs> I'm uh, doing a rotation out in New York right now, so... Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah, there's... Uh, yeah, no, I, I I saw one LeBron jersey in my last four weeks here and, you know, probably creeped the kid out. I was so excited, but... <laughs> oh, you're not in New York City, are you? No, no, no. I'm oh. out in uh, out in the boonies in, in like, mid-state. I'm about oh, wow. an hour and a half away from Buffalo, so... Oh, you are, you are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to get some Cavs conversation going on. It's been a, it's been so a, what is everybody wearing there? Are they all Knicks fans or, or, or what is it? Boston? I, I'd assume they're Knicks fans. I haven't, no one really has, not you know, one NBA there, huh? No. They're all wearing more, Syracuse they're more, jerseys, huh? Yeah. They're all hockey fans and, oh, okay. Yeah, so not a lot of NBA talk out here. <laughs> New, New York's yeah. a weird state that way because you got, all the New York suburbs and then everything else is like a completely different place. So, Oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Buffalo is still 400 miles away from New York city. So yeah, it's, I didn't realize New York was that big, but yeah, it is. It's, it's long. <laughs> well, um, EG, anything you want to pitch? Any, uh, anything you're excited about? Um, well, I'm excited for my, my Arizona trip coming up. Uh, lots of sports on that, but I already talked about that. I saw uh, Ghost in the Shell last night, which oh, I enjoyed. It? I enjoyed it. Um, I know it's got, sort of gotten mixed reviews, and you know, and uh, but I, don't know, I felt overall it was you know, there's not much to it, and I think there's been a lot of movies that have come out since the the original anime movie in in '95 uh, or whenever that was. So you know, it's it, Lots of it, lots of it will look like it was borrowed from the Matrix and and you know Minority Report and things like that. Which, when real realistically, the reverse is is probably true, but okay. um, but that's probably what it suffers from the most. But uh, yeah, I mean overall, I was in, I was entertained and a good time. Um, but you know, next was it next uh, not next week, but the week after will be. Uh, Fate of the Furious, so I'm sure everyone will get crazy about that movie. <laughs> well, and then I'm I'm excited for Alien Covenant. So, yeah, and kind Guardians of, of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I'm I think I'm probably looking most forward to this spring, but as as forward as I'm looking to it, I'm sure it'll probably wind up disappointing me. <laughs> you mean you don't want to? What the two hour car, toy commercial is going to disappoint you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think one of the things that made the first one so good is it kind of flew under the radar a little bit and then yeah. kind of took people by surprise, both with the cast and with the, um, uh, how, how, how well done it was. And then the, the, the second one may suffer from something that all sequels to movies like that suffer from. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's possible. I'm friendly with the director and he, he tells me, uh, He's usually pretty honest with me, and he tells me the second one is is by far his favorite. So oh, we'll see. But I, again, I, I reserve judgment until I've actually seen yeah. it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I got to go to Melt today up in Cleveland. Uh, nice. 
Mm. In, insanely, there's like eight locations now. Um, that that is just exploding uh, the Melt franchise. But I got to look, go to the one in Independence, uh, which is one of the first ones, I think. Uh, very good. Uh, great service. Uh, really good food. Um, my tutter got the fried mac and cheese sandwich, which I, I'm like, that just looks insane. <laughs> like, that just looks like the most amount of fried food and cheese and carbs that you could cram into one, you know, receptacle for eating. And, but she's, I was like, why did, did it really need to be fried? And she's like, yes, yes, it really needed to be fried. So, <laughs> so and she, and then I was like, oh, that thing was huge. And she goes, yeah, and that was the half sandwich. So. <laughs> so yeah, I had a great great time up in Cleveland today. Always nice. a good time. So, nice. uh, and and I don't have much else other than uh, looking forward to a good sports week. So yeah, as always, well, let's hope go- the Cavs. Yeah, I hope the hope the Cavs can uh, whatever they want to do. If they want the the number one seed, I hope they get that. If they don't care, then I hope they get rest. I hope uh, I hope LeBron and Tristan hug it out. So. <laughs> And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.